is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast. It's powered by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today we uh, have a cool episode for you. My buddy Mike Hearn jumps on with us, and we talk about you know planning and route planning and contingency plans for those routes and things. Um, you know, letting people know where you are and kind of having a, a plan, whether you're hunting in a group or hunting solo. Um, there was a recent event that's just happening. There was a, an Idaho lady that went to Montana and, um, she was going to climb some peaks and they can't find her. Um, she's been missing, I think for five days is what I last heard. And she did have an inreach with her and was in contact, uh, with her mom, it sounds like, but, um, she wasn't exactly letting people know, like, where she was going every day, you know, what direction she was headed. They just um, knew about where she was camped because of uh, the inreach. And so, yeah, I thought this was a, a perfect time to release this episode, talking about contingency plans and might give some examples as well um, of things in here. So hope you guys enjoy this one and we'll just dive right into it. But I thought that we would talk a while back. We talked about... Um, doing like a uh, contingency plan type of podcast um, for with like if you get split from the group or if something goes wrong basically like have some other kind of plan if all communication gets knocked out I guess so yeah yeah just want to dive kind of into so that yeah so what I would say is a lot of people rely on technology really heavily mm-hmm. right and it could get them into trouble so it could get them into trouble multiple ways. So you go out and your inReach stops working, the battery dies or, or whatever, you lose it. You don't have any way to communicate to home. So whoever's at home starts to get worried and they launch search and call search and rescue, mm-hmm. even though you've, you might've only been gone for 24 hours, but people get worried, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this almost actually super good example almost happened last elk season. I was hunting a different spot. My normal elk hunting partner was hunting solo in one of our normal spots. And I got an inReach message from his wife saying, hey, I can't get a hold of him. I haven't heard from him in 24 hours. I don't know what's going on. And it was nighttime and I was packed like four miles in. I was like, all right, well, if I don't hear from him by tomorrow morning or hear something by tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. I'll pack out and start going and looking around that spot. But she was almost ready to call search and rescue i was like don't do that yet like let me Mm -hmm. just wait a little bit longer right so yeah um but he was fine he was elk hunting Mm -hmm. like and he doesn't he doesn't even he doesn't have i think he's going to get an in reach but he Mm -hmm. doesn't have any way to communicate um but if you do have a way to communicate people rely on it right right she almost launched search and rescue and used valuable resources for nothing Mm -hmm. right it wasn't an emergency um so it'll save it could save people from wasting time and and resources Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side um if something bad does happen to you and whatever technology you have fails uh it could save your life like it's a little bit it might increase rescue time or increase like search and rescue time or or expedite when someone would call search and rescue if Mm -hmm. you leave them with a plan in place before you go out Right. Or if you're separating, like you're spiked out and you're going to go hunt two separate areas. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So in the military, we, we use what's called a five-point contingency plan. And, and, and the way we remember it, we use an acronym to remember, and it's GOTWA. So it's G-O-T-W-A. So it's where you're going, others you're taking with you, uh, time you're going to be gone, what to do if you don't return in that amount of time, and then actions in the event of enemy contact. Mm-hmm. So so for, for the use of, of hunting, I always use like alternate courses of action, right? So um, the way a gotwa would sound is, let's say, Jordan, I'm leaving you. You're staying at the house tonight. I'm going to go out and try to get on some birds this evening because mm-hmm. you're over turkey hunting with a bow because it's stupid, <laughs> right? There's no cell service out here and I don't have an inReach. So mm-hmm. you have no way of communicating with me, no way of finding out if I'm all right unless I come back. So I would be like, Jordan, I am, where are you going? So be specific, right? We have technology, so use it if you can. So mm-hmm. pull up on X and, and actually show them like, hey, I'm going to this general area to, to see if I can get a turkey to fire off. Mm-hmm. Um, so where you're going, be specific, use a map, use a mapping app and show them where you plan to go. So that yeah. gives that gives them an idea of where to look for you if you don't come back, right? Um, so others you're taking with you, if you're taking somebody else with you, this is more, uh, it's more of a military thing for accountability. Mm-hmm. Like I'm taking me and and Jordan and you guys are staying here so they know who's going with you and who's out there um time you're going to be gone I'm going to be gone for four hours uh I plan to return no later than 2200 like 10 o'clock at Mm -hmm. night 10 p.m right um and then what to do if you don't return if I don't return by 10 p.m so so with an inReach right if I don't return by 10 p.m send me an inReach message if I haven't responded to that inReach message within two hours, go try to look for me along the route. If you can't find me, call search and rescue, right? So that that's like a, a real broke down one. And then alternate courses of action can also be wrapped up in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's super simple. Like another good example is you and I are heading out to elk hunt in Colorado. Um, we're backpacking in. So I tell my wife, hey, look, right? She's not technologically savvy. She doesn't have Onyx, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I drop a Google pin on our trailhead that we're going to. We're parking at this trailhead. And then I drop another Google pin in the general area that we're hiking into to hunt. Like we're going to camp in this general area. I'm going to send mm-hmm. you I'm going to send you in reach message once we're in that area cuz then you can see where I'm at. So you can yeah. use technology to like technology helps you, but it's always good to have a contingency plan, right? And and a backup way of of or a backup plan for if technology fails because if you break your leg and you're away from your pack and your in reach is on your pack and you can't call for help. Definitely. So how long how long are you going to lay out there with a broken leg? Yeah. Or or you just name a, any sort of crazy thing that can happen in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. Um, how long are you going to stay out there before help finds you? Or are you going to try to hobble out? Um, so it, it'll help lessen that time mm-hmm. if something happens. Right. Yeah. So I think that'd probably be super helpful for people that are going out, especially kind of on their first time mm-hmm. maybe or whatever to have a plan with like whoever's going to be staying at home. Yes, absolutely. Might make them feel better too. They're like, Hey, at least we've got a plan. Um, and then everybody knows the plan too. So it's like, if, 
you know, I'm supposed to be at my inReach at 10 o'clock. So mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, if I've just screwed off the rest of the day and just haven't checked it, like I have to check it by 10 o'clock. Yep. If somebody's calling the freaking yeah. um, helicopter on me. Yeah, but so again, like I, I like to incorporate it into my plan, but I don't like to, I, I would go a couple extra steps, right? Like if you haven't heard from me by midnight, you know, um, send me a message. Right. And then if my in reach is off or I for completely mm-hmm. forgot, but you do kind of have to stick to the plan and be regimented. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's something good for if something is to happen to you, one, it keeps people who might be worried. Cause like, say you're going, you've never elk hunted before mm-hmm. you're coming from, you know, Georgia, you're going out West to elk hunt, you're backpacking in, they don't know where you're at. You don't have cell service like you normally do all over the East Coast, so they're not used to that. Um, so it just gives them a little bit of a little bit of security too. Like, and it almost happened. And my buddy's wife, she's a she is a um, she's a seasoned hunter's wife. Like, she's used to that type of mm-hmm. shit. But she was worried. Yeah. And um, which in turn got me kind of worried. But I was like, oh, don't call search and rescue mm-hmm. yet. Like. I'll go look, then we can call search and rescue. So you just kind of incorporate that plan and using that acronym GATWA, right, for the five-point contingency plan kind of helps you along. And it helps you from, let's say we hike into an area for the first time Mm -hmm. um, and it looks completely different where we thought there was going to be water, there's not water. So you stay and start setting up camp. I'm like, Jordan, I'm going to go find water. We're going to try to get the bladder's filled up. I'm going to show you the general areas I'm going, um, tell you how long I plan to be gone, incorporate the inReach. Like if I'm going to be gone longer, I'll send you an inReach message. Um, what to do if I don't return in the amount of time? Well, if I didn't return in the amount of time that I told you I was going to be gone and I didn't send you an inReach message to say I was going to be gone longer, um, go and start to look for me. If you've looked for me for three hours and you don't see any sign of me, um, call search and rescue Something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. Like, kiss, follow the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. Um, keep it simple, stupid, and, and make it direct and, and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, very, like, over, like, I'm going here, here, and here. These are my plans. If they change, I'll message you. Mm-hmm. You go look for me. If you don't find me in three hours after wandering around the forest for three hours shouting my name, um, go back to camp and, and hit up search and rescue. It's very like simple to the point and, and yeah. easy. You, and I use it at ski resorts too. Like, so we go up to the mm-hmm. mountain to shred. There's no cell service and it's inevitable that someone's getting separated from the group. So I do the same thing if we're on the mountain, like ski and I'm like, all right, look, if it's a little bit more fun for that one, mm-hmm. because I do, if, if everyone gets separated, wait at this bar for 30 minutes, right? Long yeah. and long enough to get mm-hmm. a Bloody Mary or something. Wait at this bar for 30 minutes. If no one shows up in 30 minutes, go to the truck. So then we can all kind of link back up and regroup and head back yep. up the mountain. So Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of bring up is like <clears throat> when you're on the mountain together, if we were to split up and like we're going to be at camp and we're going to split up to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be like, hey, there's this glassing knob. Like, let's meet there at... 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that or yep. 1 o'clock in the afternoon and if nobody's there like go back to camp or stay there for an hour and if nobody's there by then like go back to camp 
and then have that could be that'd be like the middle of a contingency plan i feel like yeah so what to do if they're not there go back to camp right. and, and then wait a certain amount of time at camp for me to return mm -hmm. and then if i don't return to camp by this time either try to look for me first because the whole goal of it is to one it's to speed up the 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 response time if you are injured and, and gotten to some sort of trouble mm -hmm. to, to speed up that search and rescue response time. But the other goal is to not waste search and rescue resources, right? right. Needlessly. So, um, and then again, like everyone has technology so you can use it. It's not necessarily about everyone relies on technology. Like I'll just in reach you. Mm -hmm. Like nobody, a lot of times people don't say, well, if my in reach stops working how am i going to get a hold of you what's the plan then mm -hmm. um and like i've even gone as far as as telling people where i'm gonna go and tell them that if i go further or or i'm good but i went deeper because we aren't able to communicate like i'll hang some flag and tape there so you kind of know where to look like if there's flag and mm -hmm. tape there i'm still good i just got just onto a bowl it. and kept going or something mm -hmm. like that so you can make it super simple easy to communicate but it it could it could save your ass right in the, yeah. in the long run like you're and and then if you're like like us where people are used to us being in the field and probably not hearing from us mm -hmm. um people might not think like oh i haven't heard from jordan in like five days like hope she's all right like you know what i mean yeah and god forbid like you fell off a cliff and you're friggin backs broken and you can't move your legs yeah. and you can't reach your in reach or it's broken mm -hmm. and you had to lay there for three days before people were started to worry and call yeah. search and rescue yeah even that might be smart even with like buddies you know like hey i'm gonna be gone for or i'm going out on a week trip like hey check in with me like wednesday afternoon or something yeah. like that type of deal and i don't know yeah and i like i try to do it like I try to do it morning and evening. Like I'll send up because I we do have technology. And by all means, use it. This yeah. is a plan for if that stops working. Um, so I try to do morning and evening. Like, hey, I'm still alive. Evening when I get back to camp, hey, I'm still alive. Yeah. Because um, I don't I don't keep nice. my and I don't keep my in reach on all day either because I don't want to kill the battery. Burner. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't want to kill the battery. So I'll I'll generally turn it on in the morning, send a message, turn it on in the evening, send a message, or once in the evening, right? You don't have to do it twice a day. Mm -hmm. Once in the evening or once every couple of days, it's user-dependent. But as long as whoever you're leaving behind knows that every two days I should be getting this message, um, and then what to do if I don't get that message. Yeah. Like how long to wait, and what do I do after I've waited that amount of time? Yeah, I think that's especially important. Huh? God, I don't think anybody uses them anymore, but like the spots where it was only one way, mm -hmm. you know. What about um, when you go into an area, do you think it's smart to look at other ways to exit that area other than what oh, you yeah. where you went in? Absolutely. You know, I was so. thinking about the fires that were in Wyoming. Like there was people that were, you know, pulling out because the fire got so close. But mm -hmm. what if you, I mean, it's it wouldn't be that crazy to like go up a drainage a few miles and have a freaking fire start in that thing. Yeah. And then be kind of screwed and yeah. then have to like try to figure out how to get out of there mm -hmm. instead of like having an idea. 
I think, and I think like that comes with scouting too, right? Like you yeah. look in on whatever you're using, Google Earth or whatever. I'm always looking at like, all right, so if I think this area looks real elky here and I'm going to come in from, you know, the south, like what if I kill an elk over here? Can I get it out easier? Same thing for like if a fire starts or I just need to get out of there. I try to have an idea of where everything is or what mm -hmm. way I need to go. Um, yeah. kind of like panic asthma, it's a good too. Idea. like a panic asthma. So, so in land nav, when we run them in the military there, there's always, we always give the troops a panic asthma. So if they're completely jacked up and lost, um, they shoot that asthma and they walk straight and they're going to hit, usually it's a road, right? So that might be something people want to incorporate. Like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm going in here. I'm going to be in this area. If I get so screwed up that I'm like hopelessly lost, I know that if I walk generally south for eight miles, I will hit this road. Mm -hmm. um, that's always good to have. Like, so if your phone doesn't work or like Aaron and I ran into this season, the iPhones, like it's super awesome having Onyx and base maps and stuff like that. But the iPhones with the magnetic bino harnesses, like the the magnets in those bino harnesses affect. I don't know about Androids, but they affect iPhones like way bad. Really? Mm -hmm. So Aaron Aaron was using base maps. I was using Onyx, and Aaron's phone with base maps was telling him to go this way. My phone with Onyx was telling me to go this way. And based on because we can read the terrain and terrain features, we knew camp was like straight up the mountain. Um, so they were telling us to go opposite directions and neither one of them was right. And it was, it was the magnets from the, the no, magnets and the bino harness messing with the phones. So I think, Dude. I just think the iPhones are a little bit sensitive and I mean, a magnetic compass is the same way, mm -hmm. but if, if I'm holding a compass out here, it's not, it's not going to be affected by the bino harness. Whereas and I'm holding it like out away from my body because I guess people can't see me. But so if I hold a compass out away from my body, it's not going to be affected. Whereas the phones, I don't know what it is, but they get messed with they pretty do. good. Yeah. So don't rely on your phone's compass. Probably a good idea. Well, especially if you're wearing if you're wearing a, a magnetic vinyl mm -hmm. harness. Um, but yeah, and, and Aaron and I like sitting during the midday lull we were like putting our phones on logs with both our iphone compasses open and then laying a real compass down and trying to see like how far apart they were um but they were pretty they were they were off and it was definitely the bino harnesses that were doing it dude that's interesting mm -hmm. um any other ways of like communication when you have no electronic communication um, so I would say the big one is, is have a plan and, and you got was a good outline mm -hmm. for that. Um, uh, but I mean, there's other stuff you could do. Like I was talking about like hanging flag and tape up like, yeah. Hey, Hey, I'm going to go scout this area over here. If I get into elk, like, like pick a known terrain feature. It has to be easily identifiable on the map and on the ground. Right. So Jordan, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two miles this way and scout for elk, right? And I'm not going to come back to camp and tell you if I get into elk, but there's a big rock outcropping up there. 
if I get into elk, I'm going to friggin' wrap a rock in orange flagging tape and I'm going to leave it up there. Like mm-hmm. leave it up somewhere where you might be able to glass it. Or if you walk over there, like, all right, Mike's still not back. Maybe he's going to bivy out if I, mm-hmm. and you hike over there and then you see that rock, like, okay, he's good. Like the orange is there. Yeah. So, um, gotcha. Makes but sense. some of that stuff too, you can overthink it. Right. So, well, what if you get over there and you see the orange and I'm good, but what if I actually fell right after? Like you can overthink it. That's why I just kind of keep it simple and, and have a clear, concise plan and, and brief it. And then the other part is you have to stick to the plan too, right? So if those out keep going and I keep following them and I left you with nothing but, hey, if you see the orange on that rock, I'm good. But then three days later, I'm still not bad. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so both parts, like... If you're the one briefing the plan, you're responsible for for sticking mm-hmm. to the plan too. Even though, even though in hunting, like if you walk two miles, you might not want to go back to camp, but that's the plan you brief, so you have to stick to it. Yeah. Um, Which makes technology all that much sweeter. Yeah, it does, and it does, right? Yeah. So, like, but having a plan instead of wrapping my rock and flagging tape, I'm just gonna be like, hey, I'm good. I just found elk. Like, meet me over here. Or, yeah. I'm going to go in after them. Let me know when you're close. Yeah. Like with an inReach, you can drop a Well, yep. depends. Like I can share my location with you. Be like, hey, this is where, you know, I'm going to go whatever, due east or whatever mm-hmm. from here. And then, uh, yeah, then you have a little bit better situation. So, yeah, those um, those inReaches are nice. Which are you on the mini? Uh-huh. I yeah. like the mini. I just, I like it. It's smaller. I, I so. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but Amazon has a really good return policy <laughs> for people that don't want to pay for an inReach. So, <laughs> my first elk season, I bought the in, I bought the Explorer Plus, like the big one. Yeah. Um, I bought it off Amazon. It was like four hundred bucks. I used it for my two week elk season, and I kept it super clean and made sure I didn't drop it and. And kept mm-hmm. it real clean. Then I came back and like returned it and said, I just wasn't into it. So I mean, there's ways to get around renting it if you want to be a turd, but yeah. the inReach mini is super cheap. So the next year I bought the inReach mini, I just kept it. Um, yeah. I ran the mini last year until I was going on a hunt in November with Robbie and I was driving from Boise to, um, I guess a town that I probably shouldn't say because then that would give the state away. But I, then I went along the way with Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I almost got to Salt Lake and I was like, I don't have my inReach. Like I just forgot it. I don't, I don't have it at all. And we were going to have service for like however long. Mm-hmm. You know, it was going to be like a week. And so I uh, swung into Camo Fire or uh, Black Ovis and I bought the, uh, it's the 55i, mm-hmm. I think. And it's like, at the time was as close to a, like a GPS yeah. um, in reach combos you can get. You can put an Onyx chip in it too. So, yep. yeah. So it's kind of nice. But yeah, I like that thing. Um, All right, everybody. I wanted to just hop in here real quick. Hope you're enjoying this episode with Mike on contingency plans. Um, pretty simple, simple stuff. Just things to, to keep in mind. Don't solely rely on that electronics, um, but use them because they are available and um, very great. Just like our sponsor, Onyx Hunt Maps. You know, you can uh, drop pins and send them to people and let people know where you're at, where you plan on camping, where you're going to hunt, things like that. And it's just really, really good, just like Mike was talking about. So if you're interested in Onyx Hunt Maps, 
you can hop on their website, onxmaps.com forward slash hunt, and you can type in code ROCKCAST at checkout, get 20% off on us, and yeah, stay uh, stay safe back there. I have some some questions that people have asked me that I've answered yet, um, and one of them that, that uh, somebody asked that we were talking about earlier um, are the separate broadheads. What do you think about those um, severs? And this guy asked if I was still running Grim Reapers when I run mechanicals, but um, I don't really run mechanicals anymore. Yeah, I'm not really a mechanical user either, but I like the severs. I like the design. Um, I also really like the fact that you just have to put a screw in to shoot them. So have you messed with them? I haven't at all. So with the severs, um, they, they, they come, you buy them one at a time. And they come in a cool little plastic case because the case is super important. But in that plastic case, I wish I had one in here. There's an additional screw. So the broadhead's operational. It comes with an additional screw and two, two additional O-rings to keep the, the blades in place. You can put that additional screw in. So there's two screw holes. One's at the top where the blades pivot mm-hmm. and one's down at the bottom. You put that screw in and then it's a, it, they oh. won't open. So you can shoot them in your target as many times as you want. Then you take that screw out and you're shooting the same broadhead on the same arrow Mm -hmm. you just took the screw out so that's that's a pretty cool uh feature i think that was smart of them to do that Mm -hmm. um my bow's shooting really slow so i don't know if i'm going to use them for bigger animals or if i i think i'm going to go to a lighter arrow because i don't like my pin gaps right now Mm -hmm. but i I like them i mean i'm not against mechanical broadheads i'm just five five and have a 26 yeah. and a half inch draw length so i mm-hmm. generally don't get the speeds that you would want to see for mechanicals yeah i just haven't had great luck with them like i i shot some things with some t3s and and those grim reapers too and it just nothing beats just a straight up cut on contact yeah razor ass sharp thing yeah so. no it's it's definitely, but in the same token, like I was telling you about my first elk season struggles, mm-hmm. right? Bow's not tuned. I didn't really have time to shoot. So there's no way I was going to be accurate screwing a fixed blade on. So I went to, I went to like Cabela's and yeah. they only had, they had like one pack of 125 grain rage hypodermics and one pack of schwackers. And so I was like, screw it. Those are that's what I'm hunting with. Those will fly as close to a field point as I can get right mm-hmm. now. Um, let's just, I'm going to roll with it. So. Yeah. Got you to do what you got to do, right? Or you got to do what you got to do. Jeez. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, let's see. What other good ones are in here? Um, what's a good September Colorado light jacket that won't make me sweat bullets while hiking in? Hiking a t-shirt. Yeah, hiking a t-shirt. That's what I would say. I do like the Calvin Active jacket. Mm-hmm. That's a nice one. So mm-hmm. my layering system for my layering system for turkey season and elk season are pretty much the exact same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like a, a lightweight synthetic, like the core lightweight shirt. And then the Merino, like so I'm sure it's pretty similar for you, right? The yeah. Merino. And then a puffy or an intermediate fleece and that uh the thing i like about that kelvin active jacket is it's not quite a puffy it's quieter but it still has really good insulating properties mm-hmm. so if it, if it if the temps really drop and you don't bring a big puffy jacket like a parka or, or a traditional puffy you throw that on and then a 
throw my rain jacket on and mm-hmm. I'm stopping the wind and I'm I'm warm. So yeah, dude, it's pretty. It all carries over mm-hmm. from one thing to the next. Like it doesn't really. Like I'm planning for the sheep hunt and nothing really changed. The only thing is I just have to make sure that I've got good rain gear, mm-hmm. which I'm going to take the seek stuff from first light. Um, but other than that, like it's all pretty standard, like a Merino, um, Merino base. And then I like their, it's kind of similar to like the, uh, the core lightweight hoodie that Sitka has, but it's called the, uh, the Ridge line pullover, mm-hmm. Ridge top Ridge line pullover, pretty sure. But it's just like a synthetic. And it like blocks the wind, decent. It's just like a really nice little extra layer there. And then, yeah, Klamath hoodie, just a, yep. a hoodie. And then puffy jacket, a rain jacket over the top of that. And that's pretty much it. I yeah. mean, a lot of people, like, we got right? snowed on on September 8th. And a lot of people don't think about that either. Like, so if you're wearing, if you have, so some I fifty time fifty percent of the time I'll bring my rain gear pants mm-hmm. and fifty percent of the time I won't. Um, but I was super glad I had them because I just had my pants on, pulled my rain gear pants on over it, put my jacket on over it because I don't really have a, a wind stopper. Like I don't carry like a, a mountain jacket or like some sort of mm-hmm. wind, like a jacket that just stops wind because mm-hmm. it's too heavy, right? So. A rain jacket you throw your puffy on throw your rain jacket on over it now you're cutting the wind like mm-hmm. you can stay it's like a snowsuit yeah so yeah no dude it's it's a really good system and you know people have been using that thing forever like yeah. backpackers have been using yeah. that setup forever yeah, absolutely. and so it definitely works um this is actually a good one i want to talk about this um why do I don't know if this is just for rifle hunters. I think it's for everybody. So I'm just going to say it's for everybody. Why do hunters focus more on gear instead of becoming competent shots? Because mm, gear is cool. Gear is cool. Dude, it's true though. When people ask me and like gear isn't that, I don't want to say it's not that important out here, but I mean, it's less important here to have a moisture wicking base layer on all the time that it isn't like Colorado or something like that when you're like on the mountain. Um, but yeah, they say like, what's the one thing I need to do to like prepare for the best thing I could do to prepare. And I was like, shoot, shoot a lot. Get in shape. Yeah. Yeah. For the mountain, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get in shape and yeah, shoot for sure. Cause, um, I do think that gear, People tend, and I love gear. We love gear. Yes. Like, we have too much of it. We're nerds. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think gear is easy. It's like something that you can control in a hunt. And I think that that's why people like it so much. Mm-hmm. In, in a, a little bit of the way. Like, um, you know, why why guys going on their first elk hunt or something, or they want to go on their first elk hunt and they're buying, like, I don't know, a $3,000 pair of binoculars mm. and then they can't afford a tag to go hunting. But I think that's a kind of a good point. I mean, you need to shoot your ass off. Yeah. And be, be shoot your ass off and be fit enough to get where you're going and then continue to hunt. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of people overthink gear too, though. Like there's so many times where I'm wearing like full sit cut or full first light and I'm humping my butt off in the mountains, and then I walk by this old-timer in, like, the old mossy oak, like, blue jeans, 
and he's yeah. got an elk on his back and i'm like he probably thinks i'm an idiot I'm like <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so dude this is a great this is a great story from this this year we were in the high country for mule deer and it was like opening day and we'd gone up to the top of this peak after the deer that we were after got blown out we were glassing into this new basin and somebody's like oh this this guy's got a deer so we looked over and he's like blue jeans hunter orange and he's working on a deer and the funny part well a funny part too is he had shit strung everywhere from his pack like it was just strung everywhere we were like he's working on this deer and um we're like he's gotta have a horse nearby probably he probably came out the bottom of that drainage whatever and so we go back and we glass a little bit longer go back to camp take a nap all of a sudden from over the top of the hill like where we were glassing this guy comes over the hill with his full deer on his back and it's this guy that we thought had a horse and it's like he couldn't have been that much older than me like mid-20s probably and he uh he had like leather hiking boots on jeans uh what i would probably say like an everly stock backpack or something like that like nothing with like real load lifting had um the deer was just like the deer head and cape was just like strapped to the very back of his pack and then he had like it looked like the shoulders were in his pack and then dude the hind quarters were bone in tied together by like a rope or something and put like over the top of his backpack so they were like swinging down by his legs and i was like holy holy hell and getting out of where he got out of looked horrible there was like one little trail that went up like this rock face basically looked horrible and uh yeah he would like walk i don't know 30 yards maybe and then he would completely sit down and he'd be there for maybe 30 seconds and he'd get back up and he'd like walk another 30 yards dude it was gnarly but i'm just like that kid's doing it in blue jeans good for you yeah he probably he probably went home and was like yeah i went deer hunting today and i shot one like that's just the way it is carried it out yeah Yeah. he didn't get on facebook and ask what pack to buy (laughs) Yeah. What pair of pants to buy. It was funny. We were talking about it later, and uh, Justin's like, you know, maybe we should have just went over to him and been like, we will assist you with some gear. Like, I bet Crispy would have sent him some boots or something, or like, mm. some pants. I don't know. It's kind of funny. But, uh, but yeah. Um, and then, last question that we will definitely have in common is um the sony alpha a7 III still relevant i think so yeah. i mean that's what you're running we were just talking about mm-hmm. our mutual friend nick crooked canyon productions he's running two a7 s2s so mm-hmm. um i think the the three is definitely relevant it's yeah. not the s3 for film is definitely it's up there leaps now. and bounds above mm-hmm. what the a7 III can do but um for photography i think it i think the a7 III or or the r3 are both really good middle of the road both film and photography like you can do yep. both do both and you can get yep. you get what's what's the s3 12 is it a 12, 12 megapixel, megapixel sensor so so you can get some i think 24 
with the A7 yep. three. A7 three is 24.8 or something like that. And then the A7 R3 is like 60 something. So there's enough megapixels for still images that you can blow them up mm. or, or put them in a magazine if you want to. Um, but yeah, super, I'm still using it. Mm -hmm. I, I want an A7S3, but I know. we've already talked about that. I know. That's kind of the reason, yeah, I sold the A7 III for the sole purpose of funding the A7S3. Mm -hmm. And that's just because like with that 12 megapixel sensor, they can get much better low light performance out of a, yeah. a camera oh, yeah. like that. So I've got an A7S2 and A7S3 I shoot off of. Yeah. They're pretty, pretty damn good for, for video stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the A7 III, I don't know what those things retail for. Two grand? Probably now. I yeah. sold, I mean, I so I sold an AR to buy mine. I had, mm -hmm. a, I had an AR, uh, AR-10 sitting under my bed that, like, I don't shoot. It's a cool gun, but it just sat under my bed, and I was like, well, I'm going to sell this and buy a camera because mm -hmm. it's going to, I'm going to shoot the camera way more, and now I've probably made, I've made twice the amount of money that that AR cost just with the camera, mm -hmm. so... It works out if you're really trying to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's all about life choices. I was I was talking to a kid, a kid. He's really he's a really talented photographer, and he's talking about all these lens upgrades that he wants and all this stuff. And then he's telling me about how he's buying or building a new AR. And I'm like, how often do you shoot your AR? Like, are you really on the range, like yeah. shooting your AR? I got it. It's good to have for the zombie apocalypse or mm -hmm. whatever the revolution. I understand that. Um, but I, I feel that I could probably get my hands on one from someone that doesn't know how to use it as well as me if I really needed mm -hmm. it. Um, so it's just all about priorities. But yeah, I think you can find them used for right around $2,000 or less now. Yeah. So. And that's a pretty good, like if you really, if you want to be a filmmaker and like do some of the stuff that you're seeing on some of the better YouTube channels, uh -huh. I should say, um, I think that's a really good option. Super good. Yeah. Well, uh, any other noteworthy? Nope. I think it's nap time. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> me too. I agree. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah. Thanks for having me.